Welcome to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Morgan Anderson, psychologist, relationship coach, attachment theory expert, creator of the ESL relationship method, author of Love Magnet and Athletic Wear Connoisseur. My mission is to help you raise your self-worth, have great relationships, and step confidently into the next level of your life. Each week, two episodes will air featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract to healthy relationship. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. Buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Welcome everyone to the Let's Get Vulnerable podcast. We have a very special guest with us. Welcome Carrie's to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you and I want the audience to get to know you a bit. And I just can't wait to dive in to your story, your experience in the program, a little bit about Karis. She is a helper at heart. She went to Cornell for undergrad where she earned her degree in human development and is currently a doctoral candidate in counseling psychology at UMass Boston and a practicing therapist herself. Her work and one of her greatest passions revolves around being a therapist of color to communities of color. She was referred for the program by one of her best friends and current coaches inside of the Empowered Secure Love program. We know Amanda is your amazing (laughs) friend who I've had the privilege of knowing for a long time. Um, And yeah, it's just been such a pleasure to get to know you a bit So I'm really excited to dive in today. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited. This is my first podcast episode, so I'm pretty pumped. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. I want to go all the way back with you to what was it that first motivated you to pursue the helping professions? Because I know that's that's different for everyone. So how, how did you find yourself? getting a doctorate in clinical psych and doing all this amazing work that I personally know is so challenging. What, what was it that motivated you to take this path? I would say it was a lot of things that didn't seem connected at the time. So I think there were some challenges that I had growing up that made me someone that really loved being a place of safety and comfort for other people. And that was something that I noticed and my parents noticed like incredibly young. Um, They said Karis is the person that's always like checking in with her friends, who's always helping someone, always going out of her way. And that just felt like it was something that felt natural for me and also felt really good for me, especially given the challenges that I had growing up. So I think helping felt natural, but where that was going to take me, I had no idea. Um, If you asked me or told me during undergrad, I'd be getting a PhD. I would say you're lying. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way I'm going to do that much more school. I don't even know other than being a helper. I don't know what that will look Mm -hmm. like. And I really just think over years of helping people in different ways, it just felt like the best fit. And I just realized that I want to help as many people as I possibly can, which resulted in a master's. And then I was like, how can I help a little more? So I got a doc. Now I'm getting my doctorate. So it's I love it. journey. Yeah. Yeah. And your, your mission to support communities of color. I, I really appreciate that. And this idea of you being able 
to be seen in this world, even for someone of color to be able to come to the therapy room and see you sitting across from them. Can you just tell me about like why that was important to you and and really what that work means to you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It makes me like my heart's a flutter. You've been like thinking about it and talking about it. It means everything to me. I think um, as a black woman, I know that there are so many um, systemic injustices faced by black women in, in medical care and healthcare. And um, as someone that comes from a family of a lot of women, I think they were, their stories, their struggles were things that I heard about my whole life. And I know how many people have said to me over the course of my life, um, if my provider just looked like me, maybe they would get it. Um, maybe they would empathize. Mm-hmm. Maybe they would um, understand or believe me when I endorse my concerns. And I heard so many times that, oh, I had one meeting with my provider and they were this identity and didn't validate mine. And um, if anything, didn't say what I needed to feel comfortable. So I didn't go back. And I think hearing those messages and knowing full well that everyone deserves um, good mental health care, the option and the opportunity to be with someone that um, understands them completely. And it was really in the early stages of my clinical work, my first or second year where clients were saying, um, I only want to be with a black clinician. And for a reason that was a shock to me, I was one of the only ones at that site. And it felt the need felt huge and it also was so special and rewarding to say hey um, I'm the person that you might have been waiting for and I hope I can give you what you need to feel seen and safe and challenged to grow in our relationship and I think I just saw that happen time and time again and it now just feels like what I'm meant to be doing. Wow I, I love I love that you're doing this work it's just so needed not to mention breaking down the stigma for for mental health, right? Like in in communities of color where maybe there was not really the space to talk about mental health or just the beliefs that, you know, it's not even a thing. I can't even um, imagine, I think, just some of the the beliefs that happen in all communities, right? Uh, But just breaking down the stigma there of, hey, mental health is important. And you as a black woman have decided to pursue this field. And I think that speaks so highly about, yes, of course, it's so valuable. It's so important. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's just so much good in what you're doing. I want to celebrate you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's taken um, a long, it's felt like a long road, but it's also felt incredibly worth it. Like I really can't imagine myself doing anything else. And I'm so grateful that I can be in these spaces now that maybe other people of color aren't and provide care. It just feels like the most special. Yes. Wow. This could be its whole podcast, which I'm going (laughs) to stop myself. I only have one more comment about this. And and this is um, when I was in grad school, I, identifying as a white woman, acknowledging my privilege, et cetera, I think one of the things that came up for me in the classroom was talking about, you know, including communities of color and and care for communities of color while realizing that it was a lot of like white voices talking about how to care for communities of color, right? And I I just think 
when we look at, okay, creating best practices, creating good standard of care, we need more voices. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I'm just really happy that you're doing the work that you're doing. No, thank you. And it's about, and I agree, it's about like going to the source, you know, if you're yes, go to the source, that's what um, I'm trying to say. Yes. If you're learning about how to care for X, Y, Z person that requires going to X, Y, Z person. And yeah. Like men that. making laws about women's bodies. We're not, we're <laughs> not okay with this. It's like, it's the we're same, okay <laughs> it's the same idea of like, we need to go to the people who are part of the community and really lean on them because that's, that's how we really know what's needed. Exactly. And being responsive to what's needed, not even just yes. hearing, being aware, but responding to what we're hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's a whole other podcast, but I just yeah. wanted to acknowledge <laughs> the work you're doing and just um, really cheer, cheer you on and in, in where you are. I think it's awesome. So much. I appreciate that. I need all the support I can get. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're in that internship year, which I've talked with Amanda about. And I, I know that that can be such a whirlwind and you and I were talking about what if we could try to frame it as fun and exciting and you're, you're going all these places and hopefully finding your, your match that feels right. Yeah. And I think again, even being, I was referred to recently as positive and I was like, what? I don't think I've ever (laughs) referred to as positive. I consider myself a firm realist. Um, And I think even that, I think that's a part of just this new person that I've come into is someone that can more easily see the positive of something. And I I just didn't have that ability before. Oh, I love that. I love it. Well, I'm cheering you on as you go through that part of your career. Um, (laughs) And now let's talk about your personal journey. Okay. Tell me uh, prior to coming to the program, where, where were you at? What was life like? What were some of your beliefs? Just give me the before. Before. Okay. So with the before, I would say that I was someone that was always working on themselves. I think I've just given the challenges I faced, especially growing up. Um, I was just always either a client myself or just trying to figure out um, a client in therapy or trying to figure out like, how can I feel better? How can I um, be healthier and happier? And I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing, I guess. I'm physically taking care of myself. I, I now I'm trying to be a muscle mommy as they call them. Um, and I'm also really um, devout in my faith. I'm a Christian and that's really important to me. And I get a lot of um, just comfort and healing from that. And I'm also incredibly close with my family and friends. So I felt like I'm always the one um, calling my people at the end of the day to check in. And I get so much fulfillment from my relationships. And also on the side, I'm getting a doctoral degree, which I never thought I'd be doing. And being a therapist at the same time, and I thought, in spite of all I'm handling, I thought I was handling it pretty well. I thought I was showing up. I was there emotionally for my people. I was taking care of myself better than I had for years before. And yet I felt like the relationship part of my life was where I just didn't know what was happening. 
I just didn't know what was happening. And I would say that I'm someone that was either in situationships that felt uneven, but also passionate and also confusing because they were uneven. And it was like a cycle that I was in and I didn't know what it was. I fell into the trap of my being too nice or being too accommodating or am I just not like, what about me isn't working? Like what about me isn't working? Mm-hmm. And that's really how I was before I not stumbled upon. I got a firm encouragement from my best friend, Amanda, um, as a coach <laughs> in the program. And she was saying, yeah, Karis, it doesn't make sense. Like you're the best, the best girl. You're the most caring girl. You would do anything for the people you care about. And this one part just isn't something what's happening, like what's happening. And she said, I think you're in a perfect place for this program that she so happens to be a coach for. And she said, I would only recommend this because I love you and because I want the best for you. And I think this might be the ticket to changing the trajectory of where your life is going in the relationship area. And I felt like one, I told her, I was like, I don't even know who Dr. Morgan is. And I need to go listen to these podcasts to educate myself. And I felt like, how do you know, how do you know when it's the right time to try something? And this was coming from an incredibly indecisive person. So it felt really hard to make such a big choice. And I was really nervous, but I think ultimately I trusted my best friend. um, And I knew how much the program had changed her and how she thought of herself and how she now thought of herself for the better. And I just wanted that. I just wanted that. And even though I quote unquote was doing everything right, I was like, why not just try this one thing? I guess if I could be better. So yeah, I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Um, I want to go back a little bit just to what, what was going on for you in the past. I'm curious, like what your patterns were in your, in your dating life. Did you find yourself with emotionally unavailable people or what were, what were the things that kept happening that are, you know, that were like, Oh, why is this happening to me? I know I'm, I'm a good person. I'm loving. I'm so giving. What was it that was happening in your relationships? So what was happening was confusing to me because for a period of time, I thought is just, just like, is this a therapist thing? Do therapists just fall into this trap? <laughs> I know that feeling of like, I have all these billable hours that I want to send. I just want to send the invoice. (laughs) Really? And I was thinking, so is it me? Am I being too unconditionally positive and too kind and too considerate? Always believing the best in someone. Always believing the best, always assuming the benefit of the doubt for people that now I know time and actions allow you to then assume the benefit of the doubt. That's not something that people just earn. And I didn't know that. I don't think I knew that um, because I was falling into these situations where I was meeting people. I was learning their life story in about a week and things felt rapid really- time. Yes. Rapid time. <laughs> and things felt 
passionate and serious in terms of our bond very quickly, but not in a way that felt secure, in a way that felt like a firecracker, like you didn't know what was going to happen next. (laughs) And that happened many, 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 many times. And then I really attributed it to like excessive niceness on my part that might have made my partners pull away um, or become nervous about my level of niceness. Um, And I really now know that in part that's because I was seeking, I was anxiously seeking. And as I was anxiously seeking and thinking, oh my goodness, I just want to be that good, comforting, loving partner that I know I can be. Um, I think I still had doubts about myself, which made my desires become more anxious and not motivated by a secure me that was like, I am the prize here. And I deserve someone that's just as kind and loving and excited about me as I am about them. But I didn't know that. So it was a pattern of anxious, seeking, emotionally unavailable people. Were you getting to the point where you were pretty sick of dating and kind of like not wanting to date anymore? Oh, I was like ashamed of my Bumble. <laughs> like, I was oh. like, I don't want to open Bumble anymore. Like, I don't want to do this. And I, I, I didn't really go through periods of like, I'm deleting the apps and taking a break. I really tried to mm-hmm. remain on them and active. But I think that because of everything that had happened, even the energy of being on them was different. And I didn't know that, but it wasn't genuine. I'll find my partner energy. It was, I got to stick it out. And like, I hope it works out. And I think that was probably part of the problem. Oh, that's such a good distinction of that energy of, Oh, I have to make something work. I need to make something work verse. Hey, I want a partner. I'm excited about attracting an incredible partner for me. I'm so worthy of an incredible relationship. So I, yeah, that distinction is, is huge. Um, okay. So your best friend, Amanda loves you dearly. She gives you this really open, honest feedback. You decide to join the program. Yep. And Amanda let us know. She's like, my good friend is trusting us. And, you know, we were all so, we were all so excited um, to just have you in the, in the program and witness what you would go through. We were cheering you on from the beginning, but tell us um, what was your experience like and what were some of your breakthrough moments or your biggest takeaways from doing the program? And I feel like I'm, I'm smiling already so much because I feel like there were so many, just what I like to call like incredibly unexceptionally, how is this possible coincidences? And I feel like I had a lot of moments like that in the program um, and moments that I thought, oh, I just needed this and I couldn't have created this or um, like there's nothing I could have done to make this happen, but suddenly I'm hearing exactly what I need to hear, or I'm having those breakthroughs that I was waiting for in individual therapy that I wasn't getting. And they were happening in the program like every week. And I was really just 
caught off guard. So even thinking of um, one of my first appointments, I remember one of my first one-on-ones, I was getting so much encouragement from Amanda, like, it'll be great. Just be honest. Uh, make sure you're doing the, like, the work in your own time and really processing so you can make the most of the your one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. And I was always asking her, like, so is this therapy? Like, how deep am I getting? And she said, just bring, like, your stuck points and bring the questions you've had or the thoughts you've had that have been holding you back. And that was great advice. And going into one of my very first meetings, I was nervous, I was emotional, and ultimately came to a conclusion in my 15, 20 minutes of sharing with one of the coaches that I hadn't come to, like I said, in years of therapy. And I felt like, wow, this just unlocked an area of my brain, this coming to this conclusion that I didn't even know that I had. And this revealed so many um, negative core beliefs that I didn't know I was holding so closely. Like I just had no idea, even though, like I said, like I've been in therapy myself. So I thought I know everything about me. Duh. Um, yes. I know my unconscious thoughts and feelings, but I didn't. And I just learned so many of them in the program, like very, very quickly. Oh my gosh. And what I love about our conversation here is, you know, two people who value therapy, who have a higher education degree in therapy. Um, and both of us still can acknowledge that, of course, we needed to work on ourselves. Yet, I think anyone in the helping professions does have that little voice of, but I know all this stuff. (laughs) I know all this. I don't. And that was certainly me for a really long time. Of I'm so much more comfortable holding space for other people, helping other people work through their stuff. I know all the things I'm supposed to do, or I know how I'm supposed to heal. And I don't need to work on myself, right? Like it's so easy to just come up with that excuse. But being in this kind of container where it's so intentionally designed to put you through a sequence of Mm -hmm. transformation and then having the laser coaching and that direct feedback that's exactly the kind of thing i think that that really moves people even even therapists which right. now you know we've had we've had a lot of therapists come through and i i love it it's especially amazing to me when i see therapists come through because i know that it would have been so easy to just ignore it or to yeah. pretend like oh i know this i don't need to do the work and then i also know it changes you for all the work that you're going to go do in the world too. Right. Yeah. 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 Even that, I think it's so in hindsight, you're absolutely right. At the time I was thinking, what, what new information can I gain? I guess. And even that was like a limiting belief in and of itself, I think. And probably subconsciously I was not ready to face some things. Um, and I didn't really realize that I just didn't really realize that until I was doing the work of the program and having that really direct feedback. And I needed that direct feedback in a way that I just didn't know I needed it before, because I, as someone that does, um, can go down the irrational thought hole quickly, this direct feedback surrounding relationships was something that not only relationships, but my relationship with myself was really helpful, was really, really helpful. And I realized that how much 
of my anxiety was based in my fears of like what other people thought of me. And I just knew that the program was really helping me to remember to bring it back to myself and like what I thought about myself. And I hadn't done that. I think even though you have therapy, you have your workouts, you have your fitness and the things you do that feel good for you. I still, I don't even know if I was a hundred percent present with myself and appreciating myself, mm -hmm. even though I was doing all of those things. But I think the program helped me have like so much gratitude and pride in myself now. Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I think there can be so much that we're just unconsciously carrying around that we're not even aware of. So I, I love that the program helped you let go of all those things. Um, and I definitely relate to doing all the, the physical health and all like all the other areas. I know before I did my own deep work, I was a five times a week in the, in the gym, yoga, massage. Like I was doing all these external things while I was avoiding doing some of my deeper emotional work. So I really relate to what you're saying. And we want <laughs> all of it. It's not that the physical is bad. It's just when we use that as a way to kind of avoid the emotional work. Yeah. 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 Some, some peace. I think I was waiting for the thing that would give me that like euphoric peace that I needed. And I was like, okay, I get it for like 10 minutes after a workout, but then the piece feels kind of like it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. I don't know how to maintain it. Yeah. That's probably, that was also part of the problem. I didn't know how to maintain that optimism, that lightness. I just didn't know how to do it. Another lie that happens in our society is that belief that it's just finding the right person. Mm -hmm. like, oh, I just have to meet the right person. And then I'll feel different. Then I'll feel securely attached. But the reality is we have to become that securely attached person, right? In order for a relationship to even feel different or to feel good, it all it all starts with you. So I, I know you you know that now. Now, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before I didn't even realize how much I I didn't I did not know that. I did not know that. I thought I, I know the friend I am. I know the family member I am. I know the helper I am, the therapist I am. Um, so like, what is, what's, what's happening it was really like the thought yeah. I kept coming back to. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the thoughts I had about myself that were holding me back. December can be a time where we feel like we're spiraling. Nothing's the way we wanted it to be. If we are single and we wanted to be in a relationship, you're really feeling it. I want to encourage you that instead of spiraling or freaking out, you can take action on healing. You can take ownership and decide enough is enough. I am changing how I'm showing up. 2024 is going to be my year. I am doing the work now. And for those of you that decide to apply to the program in December, I have a really special offer for you. It is the all I want for Christmas is secure attachment offer. You will get access to a journal. This is a daily practice, a guided journal that has personally changed my life. And for the first time ever, I'm making it available. So you get this as a bonus gift. It'll be shipped to you as soon as it's available in January. 
You also, in December, you get an additional month in the Empowered Secure Love program at no cost. So an additional 30 days to integrate and do everything that you need to become securely attached. And in December, of course, we are honoring 2023 pricing. So you're wanting to take advantage of that, right? This is going to be the best deal that you'll ever be able to get the program at moving forward. So I highly encourage you, if you've been on the fence, now is the time. Apply to the Empowered Secure Love program using the link in the show notes or the link in my Instagram bio. You are so worthy of taking the time to heal so that you can attract the kind of relationship that you want. And more importantly, so that you can feel so happy and in love with yourself and feel really good because you've released your past trauma and you know that you're creating the life you want. So don't wait on this. This offer is only available to the first 15 women who apply to the program. So if you know, okay, this is the time I want you to take advantage of this offer Go apply now. The link is in my show notes or in my Instagram bio. Wow. Um, I have more questions for you. I feel like, I feel like we could talk for hours, but I want to just ask my most pressing questions. Um, one, one of them is, did you have a favorite part of the program? Was there a certain module or an exercise, something that you're like, oh yeah, that was, that was a turning point. I feel like my morning alignment was so special, so special. And I did not realize how much I, that my limiting beliefs had made me like fearful of being hopeful. And that was a big um, part of my life that I had, I struggled with hopefulness in the past, but I didn't realize how much my limiting beliefs made thinking of my ideal life really scary. Um, so I think before the program, I would have never written, um, written out like all of my dreams for my entire life. I just don't think I would have done that. I don't think I would have found pictures of what I wanted my life to look like. I think I would have just been very quietly, optimistically hoping that those things happen. Mm. I don't think I would have been boldly speaking those things over my life I don't think I would have been doing that so with the morning alignment finding the pictures of what I hope my life will look like and writing like a beautiful narrative of what how happy I would be in my ideal life and reading that regularly like I look forward to that in the morning and something that before would have terrified me I was then so empowered by and excited by and it would felt okay being hopeful about it and that was just new for me I love that so much I think sometimes past experiences or yeah those those core beliefs they can really make us afraid to be hopeful or afraid even of wanting something different or experiencing joy yeah we can we can kind of sabotage ourselves of I don't really want to even claim these things because then what if it doesn't happen? Or if I welcome this thing in, then it's going to be taken away and it can really cause us to be so stuck. Yeah. And that's, that is where I was in a fear-based place with hope. 
and I was, I was settling. I was thinking, okay, instead of thinking, oh, I hope I get um, six job offers, I was thinking to myself, like just hearing from someone would be okay. And mm. I was holding myself back. I was holding yeah. myself back so much. And I, in, in, in every way, and that was, that type of thought was guiding me in most things. Like I'd be lucky if the day went well, I'd be lucky if yeah to do that thing. And that was such like a limited way of living too. Wow. Well, I love, I love that exercise personally. I mean, that's a practice I've done now for over five years and oh I know, <laughs> I just know how powerful it is. I've had to update my morning alignment as things have come true over the years. So I definitely know the power of that practice. Oh my gosh. And even yeah. to hear that things came true. Woo! I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am in the house that was on my pictures five years ago. I am oh physically God. there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's wild. Um, all kinds of things. So yes, I really believe in that practice. And what I love about it too, is that we do the deeper work in the program that then supports that practice. So that belief work, right? Like being able to fully release your past. There's a lot that has to be done in our foundation that then sets us up to really reach for that life that we want and to be in alignment with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's alignment to me is something that, again, like I was always thinking of as a therapist, like I always want to be aligned with, um, the person that I am and the therapist that I am, I think that's what helps me be effective as a therapist, just being as close to myself as possible. But yet in my own life, there were so many parts of the life I wanted that felt far away or just really far away. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they would happen. So now they well, are. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Um, and then, yeah, if you could tell me just a little bit more about what feels different for you now or what, what have people noticed? Mm -hmm. tell, like, tell me about what's different for you now after the program. Oh my gosh. Well, in terms of what people have noticed, I was mind blown and just dumbfounded how frequently after the program and during the program, people said, you're just like glowing and you're just radiating like happiness and just have a way about you that like makes me feel better and like you just seem more sure of like what's going to happen next and I think before you were very much you were in a doctor program you were stressed 24 7 and that was uh who you showed up as a lot but now I really think it was like eight or nine people that said what has happened you <laughs> you are glowing, like truly glowing, um, mm. on zoom calls in person, seeing friends for the first time in two months, my best friend of that. I met first year of college. We had a phone call probably three weeks into the program. And she was like, your voice, you sound different. Like you sound different. And I was, and I felt different. So I think it, I was like, well, I know I feel different. I know I wake up feeling excited and a little bit more certain that if anything happens today, I'll be okay. And I didn't have those thoughts and feelings before I wake, I would wake up like, Oh my gosh, I hope I can get through the day. And 
it did, it just does not feel that way anymore. So I think that was one of the biggest things that I noticed when other people in my life that I've known forever would interact with me. They were like, you're just so different now. Oh, it, it gets me emotional thinking about that because, you know, obviously I love when people get engaged or they find their person. And, and clearly I know Amanda is, is evidence of that. We're cheering you on Amanda. Um, I love, I love those kinds of wins, but just the transformation of, Hey, when I wake up in the morning, I'm excited about the day. Oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. how powerful is that? And it's been so long for me that I have to really remember what life was like when I would wake up and like be so down on myself and stressed and want to just go back to bed. But I do remember it. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's no way that anybody deserves to live. It's just not, it's not what we deserve. We get to make the most of our time on this planet and be in alignment with our highest and best self and really attract, attract those things that are meant for us. Right. So it makes me really happy just hearing you say, yes, I'm excited about the day because that's the biggest win. You're, yeah. you're excited to show up as you, right? Yeah. And I feel like even that, that's a difference that I've noticed too. I'm excited about definitely showing up as me. Even my sister recently asked me, um, I hope that you're feeling fulfilled. And I was like, I think 95% of the time I'm like hundred percent myself, which feels awesome. And I, again, I just did not have that confidence before. And I think it was from many things. I think as a black woman, I've been taught to shrink myself and just to be of service to others. And that my pain isn't as intense as I believe it to be. Like those were things that society has said about me. And I think I was really trying to think, okay, how do I have that peak happiness and be my most confident self in a society that has those thoughts about me. And I think that was something that really discouraged me before, but mm -hmm. I think through the program, I now, I feel like so excited about myself. And I think from saying affirmations to myself throughout the program, which before pre-program, I was, I was, I was a skeptic with affirmations. I was too in the past, I so I get it. <laughs> I was a skeptic. I was a skeptic. And then yeah. suddenly I was starting my morning saying, I'm such a good friend and I'm so funny and I am capable of making someone's day with what I have right now. And I am so abundantly loved and just starting your day, hearing those things. I just yeah. started to act that way. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so funny. <laughs> and then I was just making myself laugh like all day. So I love it. it just those little, those little, those seemingly little things and like little exercises, doing them daily changed how I think about myself and feel about myself. I'm so happy for you. Um, I, I love it. And you know, when it comes to dating, I'm curious how you feel about dating no or now <laughs> with the caveat that I know that you're in this busy, busy season of your life. Um, uh, but yeah, tell us how, how are you feeling about it? Even though you're in the middle of internship and all that. Yeah. Going on. <laughs> yeah so I feel like it's, which is so funny. And I, I've obviously have, um, the, the close, the close advice of Amanda who 
has had such success and is now in a, in a wonderful engaged relationship and she was saying something about you is just going to be different and people will notice and you'll start to attract what you've been looking for and again this coming from my best friend I was like okay whatever I don't know we'll see we'll see and I am I it happened before my eyes but I am now seeing someone um and it feels so secure it just does and it was I was like the program just ended I probably need time um I just need time with me and at the same time I was thinking this person um has my interest he's in the field of mental health let's just like let's just see let's just see let's just see and that was my first dating experience after the program and I have been seeing this person ever since so it feels new so new but so great too really great too so happy for you because it's not even about it's not about the outcome we you know we talk about we just release the outcome but it's about allowing yourself that experience yes yes okay securely attached dating is so much more fun right yes yes and I was I was fully thinking to myself like let's just see how securely Karis does let's just let's just see let's see how she talks about herself how she carries herself and I was just again I didn't my hope was I think we can have a great afternoon and now it's that's the only person I'm having my great afternoons with so um, oh well that's a beautiful (laughs) update I didn't know that I'm I'm happy for you that's great how fun that's exciting um there's something else I would love your opinion on I like to ask any of my mental health people who do the program I love their opinion on this in your experience in what ways was the program different from psychotherapy Hmm. okay and I I really appreciate this question because again I didn't know about coaching before so I think I really had that I have no expectations of what, what this is going to look like or how these conversations will go or what I'm supposed to say. Like I had no idea. And I think that was really good for me as a, as, as a therapist, because um, I've had hundreds of sessions with hundreds of clients. I know what that looks like. And I knew that this was supposed to be different. So I was like, okay, good. I don't know what's going to happen here. I'll just go in doing what I'm told to do in the program. And showing up, just having no expectations. And I think what's different about the two is that it's, for me, it was very, okay, come in and bring this very stuck thought or this very stuck core belief. And let's like, take it apart. Like, let's really take it apart. Not, okay, like I'm hearing this belief. Tell me about that. Tell me how long you've had it. It was very directive. And I didn't know I needed someone directed to work through those stuck thoughts that I'd had for years, like I said. So having this directive one-on-one session where someone was saying, nope, that thought that you're having, um, like, how is that limiting you? Let's look at that. And I just hadn't had that opportunity. And it helped me to actually take what I was hearing and apply it the following week. I think with a lot of therapy, it's let's process and come back and process again, and then we'll revisit it. And this can be an ongoing experience of processing that could take years. And this wasn't like that. This was 
identifying those core negative beliefs that were guiding me and holding me back, figuring out exactly where they were coming from. And then, okay, now that we know that, how can we counteract and mitigate the severity and intensity and the hold that that belief has over your life? And I didn't, otherwise, without the tools I gained in the program, I don't think I was really gaining those same tools in therapy. So I think that's yeah, that that's right on with what my experience is. And I think I, I love thinking about it as like, okay, there's this map and therapy is a great tool for learning. This is how I got to point a, like yes. the awareness. Okay. And we need that. We, you, you and I know there's so much value in that. We need the awareness and we need to know how to get to point B. Yes. And I think coaching is that more directive tool of, okay, this is how you get to point B. Yes, exactly. Yes. And especially because therapy, um, like I say to clients all the time, it's like, you're the expert of you. I'm not here to make choices for you. I'm here to help you make the best choice for you. And I think with coaching, it was, okay, you've made a pattern of choices and now we are trying to figure out how to interrupt that pattern and we need to try something different and tell ourselves something different, which I wasn't getting that messaging in therapy. And I could go down a whole rabbit hole here, but, and (laughs) a coaching program that is also based in science and based in attachment theory because there are coaching programs out there that don't have that same foundation where it's someone just telling you what to do based off of their experience. Mm -hmm. Those kind of scare me, (laughs) but when it's directive coaching and it's based on, okay, the science of attachment theory and and what we know about being able to change your belief system, um, you know, we we're, we're able to help all kinds of clients because we're, we're based in those frameworks. Yes. And I think the science behind it, until you're really like in the program and really taking the repetition and the consistency um, really seriously. And I was really glad that Amanda gave me that push of this is this time period just for you to really commit to you and being the best, becoming the best you and most confident version of you that you can be. So like take that really seriously. And I was just glad that I did because I feel like then I was doing everything like very religiously. I was reading everything I was supposed to read. I was reading my daily alignment, sometimes more than once a morning. And I think because of the science of that, it was, it was, it started to work. And that was probably like the biggest shock for me. Getting the results. Yeah. Actually getting results really helps. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Two results you can see and feel. Yeah. I love, I love it so much. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you forever. I have, I have other things I want to talk to you about. This is a really important question though. Um, I want to know what you would say to someone out there who's really struggling or really feeling hopeless, kind of like, I don't know if I'm ever going to find my person. Maybe I'm too broken. There's something wrong with me. Like what, what would you say to that person? gosh, I have so many thoughts. I like want, I want to cry thinking about it, but the main things I would say, um, and one of the core beliefs that I had to debunk. And now I know, um, there are no worse parts of you 
Um, there are so many uniquely wonderful things and every part about you is what makes you so uniquely you. And that's a really special thing. And I think just knowing that for myself, at least there are no worse parts of me. There are just wonderful, unique parts of me. And I think that has really changed how I think of myself. And another thought that I always say to myself to this day is that I have what I need to hear at any given moment Mm -hmm. and I can comfort myself right now and I can give myself the love that younger me really, really still needs and I can securely take care of myself and also lift myself up. I don't need anybody else to lift me up. And I think I was always, you know, you can phone a friend when you're feeling down and they might not say what you need to hear. And that could be more distressing. That was me sometimes. And I feel like now from the program, I I know exactly what I need to hear to get into a better place and to keep going and to feel encouraged and to feel hopeful. And again, that's just something I, I just did not have before. Mm, there's a reason why we call it empowered. (laughs) Empowered is the first word to feel that empowerment and to know that you can self-soothe and that you you don't have to outsource reassurance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I can deal with doubt and like, I can deal with disappointment. I can self-soothe and that has helped me to feel secure um, secure going on a date, secure trying something new, because I know it's just, this is really, um, an opportunity for something possibly really good. And if not, it's, I'll be okay either way. I love it. Okay. I have, I have two other questions for you. What, what would you say to that person who's on the fence about doing the program? What would you want them to know? I would say, at this point to me, it would almost be like delaying happiness. So if you think that in the time of not doing the program, that you can try something new to take care of you, of course, try what you need to try. And also, if you want to be happier a little faster, I'm really glad I did the program when I did, because I think I was really in not working on myself. I was like holding off on being really happy. And I like, life is so short. It's just so short. And so I'm glad that, and when talking to my best friend, she said, okay, try it now. Or like, maybe the semester might be really hard, but if you try it now, maybe you might feel really great this semester. The semester <laughs> won't feel as hard. And right. it's framed that way. I was like, yeah, I need to do this right now. Um, <laughs> I definitely need to do this. I love that you framed it that way. I think all the coaching that I've invested into, which is a lot, um, I know that for me, it was an investment in a shortcut to where I wanted to get. Like maybe I could have spent a decade or I could have done all kinds of things, but I wouldn't have been able to get there as quickly. And life is so short. So why, why put off being that highest and best version of yourself when you can go for it now. Right. Right. And yeah. there's always, you're always waiting for the right time. I've just learned now that <clears throat> the right time is beyond my control. <laughs> there's never a right time. Just take the leap. That's one of my, absolutely. 
you know, one of my affirmations, I always have to remind myself (laughs) one day or day one. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, my final question, um, for you and actually, yeah, I mean, I could just ask you so many, but I'm going to save them. Maybe we'll have you again sometime. So this is the final question. I asked this to all my guests. You have somebody walking down the street, random person. They ask you for your best life advice of the moment. What would you want to say to this person? I would say like there is light everywhere. Like even in the place that feels incredibly, incredibly dark or really, really lonely. Like there is light, there is light. And if there's light that you can't find, like then the light is you. And you can be that really light, loving, caring place that you need. That's really beautiful. I love it. It's very Victor Frankl, man's search for meaning. (laughs) I'm really trying to embody being and feeling light. Like light is everywhere. It is. Yes. That's one of my affirmations as well. Be the light. Yes. Be the light was one of mine too. (laughs) Uh, I love that. Yes. I love it so much. Well, it has been a pleasure to have this conversation with you. I know that we want people to be able to contact you. So we will, we'll put something in the show notes in case somebody wants to reach out and, and send you a message. We'll have that in the show notes, but for now, I just want to say, thank you. Thank you. Such an honor to have you in our community. Oh my God. And you are glowing. You are the light. (laughs) I will continue to cheer you on. I'm so happy for you. Thank you so much for everything. Really. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everyone, we are wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate each and every one of you. The best way you can thank me is by sharing this episode on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you tag me. It would mean the world to me if you took just a moment to leave me a written review on Apple Podcasts. This podcast is not free to produce. And the more that you help this show grow, the more people will be able to help. Until next time, I'm wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. Thank you for being part of this community.